Welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast. On today's show, we talk a little bit about where we should be in spring practice and a little bit of musings that go on. And we have Kara McCutcheon talking all about um, the fan base and the negativity and how that could affect the program that you supposedly root for. So it's kind of interesting about that. It's the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications and new videos, which happens fairly often, and of course, vote the video itself. Also, if we hit 1,000 subscribers to our YouTube channel, which we're getting there, um, we're, we are fairly close to like 350 away or something like that. Um, we will do a live post-game show featuring um, an Ole Miss legend. So tune in for that. We're trying to get a second Ole Miss legend, but I haven't heard back from him. So um, that is going on. Also, um, you might hear some noise. We have a bunch of fans going on my house. Um, Due to a plumbing mistake when doing plumbing, my house flooded. So we're trying to dry and do water damage. So just bear with us about that as we talk about what's going on because that's going to affect pretty much everything and that's you know we're i'm recording this fairly early in the day because a lot of stuff has to be done in the future so we're going to talk to kara mccutcheon in the third segment and she's going to tell us all about the fan base all about spring practice we talk quarterbacks it's kind of a well-rounded interview but i just kind of wanted to talk about my musings, where I am halfway through um, spring practice. With spring practice happening today, today will be the eighth one. Now, if you look at spring practice, seven and seven in a spring game. So after the seventh practice is actually the halfway point of practice. But the eighth practice is about to happen. We move on to a different, a different phase of Ole Miss football in spring practice. Remember, this spring practice is actually important. This is I know you've probably heard narratives over and over and over again about how spring practice isn't important and that you don't even need to worry about it and don't pay attention to it. It's not true here. The transfer portal has completely changed everything. The roster turnover that Ole Miss has gone through has changed everything. And because of that, the competition that they have to get going, these 15 practice, there's so much they have to get in because there's a baseline they have to be at in the fall. There is a place that they need to be. And if they're not, the season is not going to go the way you plan. If they are, the season is going to go the way you plan. And if you get a couple of bounces with it going the way you plan, all of a sudden it has a chance to be really, really special. Now, understand that, most of all. So this is a super important spring practice. And because of that, we'll start with the quarterback competition. We talk about that most every show. We're going to until they take the field uh, against Troy. And um, we're just really excited. And we talked about this in the third segment, my interview with Kara, that this has the potential to be just a 
high-level, top-shelf quarterback competition. Not Chad Kelly and Ryan Buchanan. Because there's not many chances that Ole Miss has had a quarterback uh, of this level where the top two are coming from it, but there's no experience above them. It'd be like getting um, two Eli Mannings or two Matt Corrals with the winner having to compete to win the job. These are roughly quarterbacks the same age, and they're going to grow. Remember, we're, we're getting Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer. When we compare them to Matt Corral, we're not comparing them to Matt Corral 2021. That wouldn't be fair. We're comparing them to Matt Corral 2019. That's the comparison. That's the apples-to-apples apples comparison. And because of that, expect some growing pains. The difference between this one and the Matt Corral 2018 or 2019 is the running back room. It's such a high level. 2019 was um, Jerry Neely and Snoop Connor um, toting the rock and doing really, really good things. Nothing against them. They are not Zach Evans. They are not Ulysses Bentley. I mean, they may not even be Quinshawn Judkins. This is a very, very um, talented running back room and potentially the best running back room that Ole Miss has potentially ever had. Now, Ole Miss might have a good running back room with what they're going against. Understand that. The talent is relative. But if you move the talent from 1962 when Ole Miss won a national championship, that running back room, to 2022, you're looking at fifth, sixth, seventh string guys. It's a different type of football that was played back then. That was two-platoon football. It's been so many evolutions since then. Those guys simply wouldn't pay, play. 210, 220-pound offensive linemen. It's the way the game played has changed. Now, you need this guys, these guys. And these guys are special. Zach Evans has a chance to be really special. He's Adrian Peterson, college, good. Not comparing him to that type of back. I'm just saying he's that type of an impact player. And because of that... I think a lot of a lot of people are going to tune in and just be really blown away, and that's going to give Luke Altmyer or Jackson Dart a chance to develop, which they are with the wide receiving room because you're hearing stories about Michael Trigg this early. These are all good signs for the offensive side of the ball. These are all really good signs, and because of it, you have a chance to be good. Now, we need to develop a slot receiver that needs to become the go-to, needs to become the, honestly, not, you know, the Elijah Moore, not necessarily the Elijah Moore player, but somebody that can be effective in the slot position. And you got the big guys on the outside who are going to be much bigger and the offense is going to look a little bit different in how you use those guys. Jonathan Mingo, if he can stay healthy, is um, going to be very impressive. We talked about Deion Smith as a potential transfer from LSU. And, of course, Braylon Brown, who I – I've said over and over, would be a five-star um, if he hadn't come out in 2020 and had camps that he could actually go through. Really, really good player. So I'm, I'm pretty pretty excited about that. And the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line is kind of there. They need to develop some depth on, the back, depth on the back end, but that's what falls for, honestly. You did some work. You developed a pecking order, kind of, and you, can, you see who's going to make that jump, who you can trust play as the fall comes out so our next partner has a partner i use literally every day i started taking ag1 because digestive issues you know better better gut health 
more energy. I want a better immune system because I take like gummies of like six vitamins a day because of my um, situation. So it was something, but now I've been at it for a couple of weeks and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's got a kind of mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole source superfoods probiotics, and adaptogens oh, to help you start your day the right way. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. So, right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership of your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. That always helps us out and it helps other people find the show. Actually grow the podcast form. Uh, we're mostly a video show, um, but, you know, a podcast is beneficial as well, and the numbers there are really starting to grow as well. You know, it's kind of mirroring the YouTube show as far as growth, and... I'm very, very impressive. Thank you very much for that. Now, we talked in the first segment segment about the offense. Let's spend a little time about the, talking about the defense in segment number two before the eighth practice of spring practice. But before we do, I do need to tell you that coming up in the third segment, um, Kara McCutcheon with all of her takes on the Ole Miss fan base. She does Twitter spaces. She's all over it. It's kind of really cool and it's a different angle that you don't get other places so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy um, to have Kara come on once a week and just talk about what's going on because it's kind of a really cool thing so defensively first thing you need to start with there's two positions that is kind of right where you want it to be and that's the defensive backfield and the defensive line now in a 3-2-6 that's nine players out of 11 that's a good take good thing and the defense is going to be pretty good if you think of it like that. Now, a cornerback, Miles Battle, is going to take over. Um, the other cornerback, um, you're going to have DeAndre Prince. And you have a chance to be um, kind of a special unit on the backfield. And you have the young guys like Davis and Igbenusen who's coming along. Trey Washington's coming along to go along with Otis Reese and Tysheem Johnson and the new guys like Ladarius um, forgot his last name, um, the kid from Auburn, and um, Ishim Young. So you have a chance for the defense to be pretty good. Now, 
the one thing that might be a problem, the one hole of this team. Now, everybody looks at the offensive line as a potential hole. Blah, I don't, I don't care about that because I've seen them perform at a high level. So there's nothing new. The one area that concerns me, though, that I'm watching is the linebacker position. Now, I'm not saying that Troy Brown and Kari Coleman are not the guys. I'm not saying that at all. But the fact that they're putting out transfer portal offers to players during spring is kind of concerning. That makes me wonder about their production and what's going on. I think they're both going to be really, really good players, but it's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a change. And, you know, the kid from Middle Tennessee State University, Mo Crum, sent an offer to him. Mo Crum would know that because of Conference USA. Will be interesting to see. Now, also, before we get out of here and go to Kara, um, which we're going to do in a couple minutes, I do want to say this, and this is kind of an off-topic thing. Um, Southern Miss in the transfer portal this year has been absolutely phenomenal, and I think, I think they found a little bit of a niche. I don't know if Will Hall is going to be able to turn around, but I think they have a niche that they can recruit to. And the reason I bring it up on this show is they have – five or six players that are transfers from Ole Miss. Players recruited to Ole Miss, transferred out of Ole Miss. They might have been second teamers at Ole Miss. But at Southern Miss, they could start. They could really play as they um, go into the Sun Belt this year because they're moving over to the Sun Belt. Also, if you want to look at that conference, the Sun Belt Conference, they have a chance to be really, really good and really, really fun. Um, just Coastal Carolina – Marshall, all those guys in one place. It's interesting. And James Madison coming into the Sun Belt as well. Um, that, that is a team that's going to be good because their intent is to be good. Coastal Carolina's in that league. Louisiana's in that league. It, it's, a, it's, it's a tough, it's a little bit of a bear of a G5 conference. And because of that, I'm looking forward to Southern going in there, honestly. There, it's, this is better than Conference USA. And these games I'm very interested in. So, It'll be interesting to see. Now, the Sun Belt was, like, pissed on by Louisiana Tech, so that's the reason they didn't get an invite as well, because of the way they exited, because they were moving up to the big time. MTSU and um, Western Kentucky are kind of the same situation. So I just wanted to say this. They did the same thing with State as well. So about 10 transfers came into Southern Miss that were second-teamers at Ole Miss and State. And I think um, Southern Miss has a chance to be fairly decent this year because of that. They're going they're going to be a little bit better. Anyway, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all your latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcast, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. For instance, um, Ole Miss has 500 to 1 odds or something like that for March Madness next year. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. You can say whatever you want to say. Just leave a five-star review. That'll help others that want to find the podcast do in the future. Because, hey, we're trying to make this fun again. And I have Kara McCutcheon here with her perspective and what we do here is commentary and perspective in the orbit of Ole Miss sports. So that doesn't always involve Ole Miss sports directly. It could be media coverage. It could be fan reactions, things like that. And we're going to talk about the fan base today. How are you doing, Kara? 
doing good. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Yeah, it's always fun. You weren't here last week, and, you know, I think we talked about something. Um, I don't know what I filled it with, but I think um, it was kind of a little bit related to this. Uh, can you tell people what you're seeing on Twitter in regards to the, um, the Ole Miss fan base and their reaction going on? Uh, so I think kind of in baseball season we're, and maybe a little bit of basketball, we're seeing more of this kind of negative side or notion of the Ole Miss fan base peak its head. Um, I think it's when expectations and reality kind of come together and they're not the same. <laughs> they're not on the same page. Some it might, might be in the same book and people are getting very upset and it's showing on Twitter. And then there's the argument between the sunshine pumpers or positivity versus negativity. And I think baseball season for sure has really reared kind of this head and um, a lot of outrage towards coaching and those sort of things. Okay, so um, yeah, I've seen a good bit of this over the years and it is starting to rear its head. It started with Kermit and now that Ole Miss hit number one, just like they did last year, and lost to Tennessee, it's kind of appeared again. Now, my question for you, is this an emotional immaturity type thing? Or is this one of these, um, I suffer so much for my team, so I'm such a great fan type reactions? What do you think is going on? So, I don't know about you, but if you remember uh, Major Leagues with uh, Randy Quaid. So, every mm -hmm. I, and Randy Quaid was kind of the, nothing was ever right, nothing was ever the way it should be until they started kind of doing better and winning and then, he was way more excited, but even up until that game. So I think every fan base is what I have, have what I call their Randy Quaid's. Um, and I think some of the stuff that with Ole Miss is I think a lot of the fan base is frustrated. Um, a lot of us have been around for a long time. We're ready for Ole Miss to kind of win and like move the needle in some of these areas. And it causes a lot of frustration and that build, um, it kind of forces that build that's happening within the program. Uh, they want it faster. Like they're, they're tired of here we are and like, I'm ready for that needle to go here. Like we have this talent, we are ranked here. Like, why aren't we seeing these, uh, the needle move in these other areas? So I think it just provides like a lot of frustration. Um, and, and it's understandable. I, I can understand that. I think too, though, it's hard when you have that outlook, not to see how far things have come from where they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that a little bit, and, and, and it's kind of honestly, I'm going to go off topic here a little bit. It's kind of like the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team, and you have soccer fans that are fans of the U.S. men's national team, and then you have the hipster fan base that are fans of the women's team, and because of that, they think that they have to tear down a little bit the men's thing to kind of prop them up a little bit, and it's a little bit of the same dynamic in my opinion. Um, going on because Ole Miss is a 75% football school. It's what moves the needles. I can tell by the video views and everything else. Whenever I put a football picture up, I get seven to 800 views. When I put a basketball picture up, I get 200 views. And baseball is about the same thing. And because of that, I think the ones that are hipster fans of like Ole Miss baseball and Ole Miss basketball almost feel like they need to yell louder to get attention over the football guys. And I, th I think it's that same dynamic. I agree. And I think one of the things um, personally for me that I like to say is one thing is I'm in these Twitter spaces constantly talking about football, talking to other fan bases. And I think one thing people should understand is 
now that we have this social media platform that Twitter has given us that have these spaces and have these ability to talk to people um, and seeing how fan bases react on Twitter, there I have met several parents of players. I've met a couple recruits. They jump in. Um, we have a guy that plays wide receiver from TCU that jumps in and talks to us in our spaces. He follows me. Um, I have three parents that are OU parents that follow me. Um, and I can say, knowing from some others, that parents have left programs and gone to different schools. Like people have to realize, like we play maybe a small part, but we as a fan base, we play a part in recruitment. Um, we play a part in these things, and I think when you see like oh A and M where they're at, like people binge, like are oh well it's money. But if you've ever been to Kyle Field and you're a 17 or 18 year old kid walking in there and you see it's always packed. You see this fan base that's going crazy. Uh, they're just losing their mind the whole game. They love that school. Like for a 17 to 18 year old, sure, there's money, but you get to play in the SEC versus the top competition in this crazy atmosphere every week. So I think people need to understand like when they see uh, fire the coach constantly, they see this like you have to remember you're, you're showcasing things for 17 to 18 year old kids. So um, and in baseball, I'm not like 14 year olds. Right. So I'm not saying be a sunshine pumper. I'm not saying don't criticize. I know people are going to say that. I'm just saying, like, remember, if you want the success, we need to be a place where these kids are looking to, um, in my opinion. Like, we need to a place where they want to go, where they want to come be at. Yeah. And providing that culture. Yeah. And and if your takes are negative over and over again, eventually the nature of sports is you will be right because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because recruiting will go down. Like Kermit's going to have to fight against that this year with the loss of assistant coaches <coughs> and things going on. So it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I mean, that, that negativity, like I said, eventually the nature of sports is you're going to be right. But that plus the notion that you have to suffer to be a good fan is one of the most stupid things I've ever heard. And you should just enjoy this. Enjoy being a fan because these players that are recruited by Lane Kiffin, let's say Lane Kiffin's recruited these players, and Lane Kiffin moves on to another job. The only thing that's going to keep that player here in the era of the transfer portal is us. His his experience with us. If you just want a player to cut bait and go with the coach, that's fine. But understand there's some consequences in this. Yeah, I, I really do um, believe, and just seeing this, and just from my experience on Twitter, talking to parents, talking to things like culture and atmosphere mean everything, and we are a part of that. Um, so, uh, again, I don't want anyone to be like criticizing is going to be always negative because it happens. We're human. We get upset. Our expectations. We feel like we're, things are supposed to be there. Um, you don't have to be a sunshine bumper. Like you don't have to constantly be like, we're going to do well. But like, I do think people should keep in mind when you're on Twitter and you're doing these things, like we reflect the program too. Like we have a small role in that. And, um, if we want those big time players and like you said, keep those players, you know, we want to have that culture continue. And we want like former players to come back. We want those things to happen. And I think the one thing about Lane is he's really honed in on that. I think Lane has really, really like tried to build that at Ole Miss. Yeah, absolutely. And what people in the fan base needs to realize, don't look at this like it's 2008. 
college football and college sports has completely changed. The transfer portal and NIL, it's a completely different world. So if you look at it with the with how an, a coach is brought to Ole Miss and, or how a player is brought in the way it was through lenses of 2008, you're wrong because that's not the way they set this up. I mean, you set up right now, it, you think about this, this world. You have these X's and O's coaches that are now going into analysts and just doing that. They don't have any recruiting responsibility. Their whole job is analysts. Then you have your recruiters on the field, all young guys, all about 28 years old, 31 years old. 10, 15 years ago, there's no way in the world a staff would look like this. And it's all just because the game has, I think, irreversibly changed. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of excitement in our programs. I think we are moving the needle in most of them. Um, I think we are starting to uh, even be like more of a competitive view from other teams as they come in. So um, I've heard a lot of people, especially like A&M, uh, telling me they can't wait to play us again. They're excited. Um, they kind of feel like this is this new rivalry that we've kind of um, formed. LSU fans uh, that I talked to have said like, oh, we're so excited for this ultimate game. So like, we're really moving the needle in football. And I think we can do that in other areas too. Um, and I think there's a lot of things to be really excited for right now in Ole Miss sports and like where things are heading. And because we were so good back in the 50s and 60s when John Vault was on the sideline, there is a built-in, oh, I hate that team. I, oh, I need to pay attention to that. So whenever we're good, whenever we're relevant, we completely get their attention. It doesn't matter what's going on. Just because it's been put in their head by their grandparents and all of this, Archie Manning, the whole thing back in the 59, 60s, and 62. Um, and, like, game day in 2014 when we went to LSU, I've never seen Tiger Stadium like that. And it was just because we were good, we were relevant. And LSU desperately wanted to win that game. All that little bit of superiority, there was that doubt in their mind that they didn't know whether or not they were going to be able to do it. And Lane is bringing that back to Ole Miss. I tell people all the time that this is the most talented team potentially in the history of Ole Miss. But it is one thing to be talented. It's quite another to be good. And that's why this spring practice and fall practice is going to be so important. I agree. Um, I'm really excited to see. Uh, looks like we have a lot of engagement um, with the players. Looks like they're all in. Um, I love this newfound side of Lane that he's kind of putting some impact on, like just more than just the quarterback. So you're seeing a little bit of a different side to Michael Trigg. You're seeing a little bit of a different side to some of the wide receivers. Like I, I like this emphasis he's putting out there on his social media and like his closeness with these players. And you're seeing that trust build there. Yeah, and one thing um, I, I like to like for the last three months, I've had a, I don't know, an image of what this quarterback competition would look like. And after seven practices in spring, I was completely dead on. And I love being right more than anything. You can ask anybody about that. It, um, I just love being right. And the reason I say that is this. This is what the experience, well, let's see, what's over here? This is the experience gap of um, Luke Altmyer that he had over Jackson Dart when spring practice start. Now, Jackson Dart has to close that, and if he does, he has an advantage going into fall. But if um, Luke Altmeyer can keep that gap all through spring, fall practice becomes in, comes interesting. 
because Jackson Dart as a gunslinger, because that's what he's been. That's what he knows. He likes to go downfield. He does the, all of that stuff. He's not reckless. I'm not saying that. But he thinks he can make every throw. He's like hyper confidence. He's Matt Corral in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is Luke Altmyer, who the one way you can defeat a gunslinger like that is hyper machine-like, super efficient guy. And Luke Altmyer, by all accounts, has been exactly that this fall. And I, I think this quarterback competition could be one for the ages. Yeah, I think that's definitely the one we're all focused on the most. I don't think – I think when we saw Jackson Dark come in, um, it was kind of the potential clear winner. But I think as things have kind of progressed, um, we're seeing a little more closeness there and that the quarterback competition might be a little more um, close like than we initially thought. Um, I think either way we can't go wrong, uh, but it's very exciting. Um, I think we have a lot of talent on that offense, and I like to hear – uh, more and more from these guys talk about how talented that offense is and how they're jellies. So that was something for me in spring ball that I really was wanting to see because, you know, Matt Corral did such a wonderful job of taking that leadership role and really gelling with those guys. So um, it's really nice to see when you see Hess uh, talking about Dart or Trey and you see some of these other guys who are on there kind of gelling together um, and forming those bonds. Yeah, and, um, you know, talking about Michael Trigg for a second, Lane Kiffin, in two press conferences, has one time said that Michael Trigg produces athletic ability that is not seen by many people on earth. In the next press conference, he describes him as a high school player playing against junior high kids. I think this kid could break out in the fall. What do you think? Oh, I I think Trigg is going to be everything we wanted in any tight end. I think this guy is athletic. I think he's physical. Um, I mean, obviously Lane trusts him. He let him dunk over his kid so um i think he will be a huge target uh but i also think he could be used very or diversely as a blogger as well like i'm just really excited about his size and this guy um just the more i read the more excited i get about him yeah it's really impressive i'm looking forward to that um any any other position other than the main ones that everybody's talking about anything you're noticing looking forward to in the spring practice so I was reading recently about with Otis Reese and some of the things on defense, um, and they were talking about Iggy. I call him Iggy because I can't say his last name. Um, and just That's how Davis and Igmanusen. Yes, um, <laughs> I've nicknamed him Iggy, so please start that. Um, so he, I've read a lot of stuff that Otis Reese and a few other guys on defense have talked about him and his uh, intelligence in the field, his reads. Oh, I'm really interested to watch him produce and how he does. Yeah, he's he's a super athletic guy, and honestly, the Army All-American game before he caught COVID, I think it was two practices in, he was pretty much the best player on his team. So I, I think we got a great pickup there, and he's actually producing um, as it seems. Now, one concern that I have right now is that Lane Kiffin is looking for linebackers. If you pay attention to the transfer portal, um, linebackers are getting offered, which means maybe Troy Brown, maybe um, Kari Coleman, um, and the injuries to others is not coming along to a level that would give him satisfaction as, as him is in lane. Uh, so I'm curious, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I think that's somewhere we kind of struggle. I think with Sam, like Sam did so well. Um, he kind of was like a one-man blogging machine. Um, so I think kind of – 
in a sense, uh, building there and improving there is crucial. I think that's one of the areas we kind of didn't have much in last season. So um, I'd really like to see some improvement there. Um, hope they can get some guys in. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this season. Remember, this to everybody that wants to go, this is the most talented team that has existed in your lifetime. Not saying the best team. They haven't gotten their year, but this team could be really special. Um, so thanks again for making the Locked On, po- Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Tomorrow, Tom Vanderford will come on and talk a little bit, and we might even talk a little bit about the Ole Miss-Alabama baseball series. Um, now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback, cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and wherever you get your prod- podcast. Kara, thank you very much for joining us. I look forward to doing this again next week. This is one of the highlights of the week for me. Thank you, and hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.